So listen, (laughs) this episode right here is for the part of the internet that is obsessed, okay? Obsessed with surface conversations regarding love and dating, like their partners making six figures. Listen, respectfully, we are tired, okay? We are tired. (laughs) And there's so much more to being equally connected in love and companionship outside of just the money. But what do I know? I'm afraid that they will grow up looking for intimacy without risk, Mm. for pleasure without significant emotional investment. Mm. We see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. They will be so fearful of the pain of disappointment that they will forgo the possibilities of love and joy. Right. Young people are cynical about love. Mm. Ultimately, cynicism is the great mask of the disappointment and betrayed heart. Repeat that last part. Repeat that last so part. So she said, in the back. <laughs> ultimately, mm. cynicism okay. is the great mask of the disappointed mm. and betrayed heart. Right. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Boba Duano podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. It is Wednesday, and uh, we are here. I'm feeling real good, but I'm feeling cool. It is officially like fall, fall. (laughs) Like, bring my fall jacket weather. This isn't sweater weather anymore, but you know what? I'm still enjoying it. I'm enjoying the cool breeze. I'm enjoying the change in color of the leaves, and I can't complain quite yet. Until I see the snow, I'm going to do my best not to complain. But... (laughs) Before we go any further, if this is your first time, you know, tuning in and, you know, stumbling upon this podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoy the content. I hope you enjoy our conversations. If you do, you know, go ahead and, you know, go ahead and leave us a rating or review on whatever platform it is that you use to listen to the podcast, especially if it's, you know, Apple or Spotify. Again, this just lets the algorithms know that people are listening. People actually enjoy what they're listening to. And, you know, it just sort of lets the algorithms know, hey, you know, I'm listening to this episode. I'm enjoying it. Recommend it to other potential listeners. So thank you for doing that. And of course, you can also stay connected with us on our social media platforms. We are primarily active on Instagram. So that's at BWDIK podcast. And you can, you know, stay tuned and keep up to date on, you know, anything from our posts, IG stories, chats, IG live discussions. We're going to be doing some here and there this fall reels, guest takeovers on specific episodes, all of that. So if you want to find any of that behind the scenes and get a little bit more into, you know, how the podcast sort of comes together, definitely go ahead and follow us on Instagram and, you know, stay connected with us. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and get right to our cool segment for this episode. All right, so for our clue and segment for this episode, I got a few things that I want you all to clue into this week before we go ahead and get into our main segment conversation. So first things first, following up from our previous episode and our clue and segment in our previous episode, you know, I talked about the Israel and Palestine crises and specifically the crisis in Gaza and um, spoke about, you know, language and how to have difficult conversations surrounding this topic. And I feel like, you know, over the past two weeks, um, especially since the October 7th um, attacks on Israel political figures and civilians, we've really just seen this situation honestly devolve into what we can really only describe as genocide, as a humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And honestly, we're watching thirst for war at play, um, disregard for human lives. I understand that this particular battle right now, you know, was aggravated and intensified because of Hamas's attacks on October 7th. But this is unfortunately just a small piece in the larger situation of what's been going on and on and on for 
decades and decades and decades. So with that being said, you know, I have a friend who is a humanitarian. She's actually a fellow colleague of mine, amazing human. And she does a lot of work in, you know, working with communities for resettlement after war. She worked in Ukraine and actually volunteered. And she's been posting a lot about this. And she's also um, Kurdish. And so she's been posting a lot about this. And I know that this is very dear to her heart. And we actually had another topic that we were going to cover on the podcast in an upcoming episode. And as I was just seeing her post and seeing her passion about this and also trying to um, and do my research and also trying to figure a way that I can sort of, you know, be activated around this cause. I thought, you know what, honestly, Dylan, let's let's do an IG live. Let's do an IG live on this. Forget out our podcast episode that we we're going to talk about. This is more pressing. This is timely. This is important. Like, let's talk about this first and we can always do that or the episode later. So with that being said, if you are listening to this episode, when it comes out on the Wednesday, we will have an IG Live discussion surrounding the humanitarian crisis that is going on right now in Gaza. This will take place tomorrow on Thursday, October 26th at 7 p.m. So I do think if you are sort of having questions around this topic, ways to be activated, you want to get a little bit more information on the context, this IG Live will be good. And I'm really grateful to Dylan for, you know, deciding to join me for this live. So definitely stay tuned for that. Right. So we're going to shift, you know, locally here in the city of Toronto. There is an upcoming event that I think will be important for small business owners, especially right now in this economy. Uh, the city of Toronto will be hosting a free small business forum at the Metro Convention Center. This is downtown Toronto on October 30th. So that's next week, Monday. So this is definitely definitely looks interesting. If you're a small business owner, you may want to attend this. It's free. Um, and the focus for this forum is on future proofing your business, which is very timely. Like I mentioned, just given the economy and just the prices of things, interest rates, the uncertainty, there's a lot going on right now. And I just can't imagine trying to, you know, mitigate risk and future plan as a small business owner. I hope this helps someone who is a small business owner here in the city of Toronto. Definitely go check it out. But yeah, you will be able to network. Uh, there's a speed networking session, of course, workshops, panels. There's also a speed mentorship session as well, which is interesting. And so hopefully this event sort of gives you what you need to plan your business, especially uh, for the next year. So Definitely check that out. It's a small business forum here in the city of Toronto at the Metro Convention Center on October 30th. All right. And finally, our song of the week. So I haven't given you all a song of the week in a minute. And that's because as the weather changes, I feel like my mood for what I want to listen to also sort of changes a little bit. And so I'm definitely still, you know, vibing to Afrobeats, dance hall and all of that stuff. But I think that now that the weather is colder, I need some fall girl music. Like I need some R&B. I need some Neil Soul to to have in my headphones while I'm working. And so I've been sort of keeping an eye out on the projects that are getting released. I'm still waiting for some projects. I'm definitely waiting for Ushers. I'm still making my way through Victoria Monet's project that recently dropped, Jaguar Part 2. Perhaps one of the songs on there will be a song of the week in an upcoming episode. But um, this week, I want to share Thames' new single. Thames is back. You know, we've been waiting since her last project. It's definitely been some time. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited because I feel like this single, she's just keeping up the pace of her previous work. The sound is good. It's a vibe. Vocally, it's strong. And Thames just has this really unique voice that I enjoy for her music. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into Thames' new single, Me and You. I want to show you my world. So that is Tam's latest single, y'all. How we how we feeling? Do we like it? Do we not? I definitely like it. I'm definitely enjoying it. But yeah, make sure you go ahead and check that out this week on any streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your music. 
So it's about that time. It's about that time where we go ahead and we get into our main segment conversation. And um, I had a really good friend come on and we talk about love, companionship and everything in between. And we did it from we did it from the lens of dissecting the book All About Love by the amazing Bell Hooks. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I honestly held this conversation. I wanted to release it at a time that I felt was perfect. And I think that's now. Listen, allow me to set the mood for y'all, okay? So the leaves are changing colors. It's cool outside. You've finished a long day of work and you're just trying to have some grown woman time, okay? And so you are, you're settled in under your covers. You've got your face mask on. You've done your skincare for the night. You've got your glass of wine or your chai tea latte. And now you pop your headphones in. And that is when we get right into this main segment conversation. All right. So for our main segment for this episode, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. This is going to feel like, you know, a girl's chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that, you know, listeners, as you're listening or watching this episode, you're probably going to have a wine, a tea, something mm-hmm. that you're sipping on. And um, you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So today we are diving back into talking about dating, love, companionship. And I really wanted to have this conversation from the lens of being a career-driven woman, career-focused woman, and what balancing both of those look like. We have a lot of conversations and a lot of noise right now telling us that it's either one or the other or that women can't have it all. Yeah, we keep hearing a lot of of negative and a lot of harmful narratives out there. So I'm so excited to get into our conversation today. So y'all... Crystal Hines is back. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yes, Crystal is, um, you know, a friend of the podcast, all around amazing Loyal. human being. Oh, she's you. a social worker and she's also the founder of My Sister's Keeper, a mentorship organization, which, you know, we talked all about in our previous episode together. So if you haven't, go check out our mentorship episode from season two and then come back and get Circle into this back. one, you know? Go. You need part one to get into part two. Exactly. Because maybe you need that mentorship <laughs> to find companionship. Okay. Oh, oh, that was the spirit right Yo. there. <laughs> um, but no, Crystal, thank you so much for coming. Mm. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. you. I'm so happy. Um, I just feel like, I, I was like, I want to have this conversation with someone that I know and that I love. And Crystal, can we do this together? <laughs> we would have had this conversation anyway, even exactly, over dinner. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So how are you doing, Mama? How are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to be back. I'm like, you have a way of making this feel like home. Okay, <laughs> I just want to do a quick shout out to the Why Do I Know podcast mm. and Chit Suzanne for creating a space of voices, of conversations, of just dialogue that not only inspires and brings forth healing, but just like different ways of thinking and paradigm shifts. It's Always exciting to just like have organic conversations with incredible black women like Chid who are, who is doing this work um, and get different perspectives on on some of these topics. So I appreciate you for how you've grown this podcast um, and just the no one. We underestimate the power and the energy it takes to create spaces like this, especially for black people and black for women. Real. So I honor you for everything you're doing. Um, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Aww. Lots has changed since yes. then. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into it. So yes. I guess we're going to start off nice and easy. Okay. Um, and so I want to know, why do you date? Like, why do you seek out love and companionship? Mm. So first, I'm just seeking first the kingdom of God. <laughs> <laughs> and then all else will be given up to you. All else, let's just start with that. <laughs> That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I'll answer the, fir- the second part first. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be quite frank, I don't actively seek out romantic love and companionship. I think that a couple of years ago, I took a very intentional route in my life in just recognizing that I'm actually surrounded by love. Um, mm-hmm. And within that love, whether it be my friends, whether it be my family, I can curate companionship. But I think sometimes the problem we we fall into in in life in looking for relationship is that we don't we underestimate that if it's not romantic, it's not a relationship. Mm. Um, and so I have become intentional about just nurturing my family dynamics, my friendship with my girlfriends and my guy friends and just. Um, just anyone in my life who represents love and who creates spaces for me to feel loved. Um, and in practicing that, I have attracted the kind of romantic love that I desire. And so okay. now <laughs> to answer part two is like, I'm not seeking, I'm not solely seeking out love and companionship because I have that. I am that. 
I'm seeking partnership, okay. you know? And so when I'm looking for partnership, I am looking for somebody to not only um, support the existing love that I have curated in my life and that I've been blessed with, but somebody mm-hmm. who has also been on an intentional journey and we can come together and like be a force to reckon with as far as building love goes, you know? Girl, so a force yeah. to reckon with? <laughs> That's yeah. what the girls are looking for. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you. Yo, that was really, that was a really, really good answer. Oh, I like the idea you. of partnership. Yeah. We're hearing more and more of the focus being on partnership right. when it comes to, you know, like romantic relationships. So, you know, but what do I know mm-hmm. is the focus for this podcast. And I'm curious because I feel like we might have similar answers oh. to this question. Mm-hmm. How have you sort of overcome like, but what do I know moments and hesitations when it comes to dating as a woman that, you know, we take our career seriously yes. and we have a certain trajectory that we want to mm-hmm. get to when we're really hustling out right. here. You Come know, on, girl, like we're, you know, we're getting in our bag mm-hmm. and we're trying to get in another man's bag. Come on. <laughs> you can support my bag. It takes interest. You know? <laughs> so, you know, like how did you sort of overcome the moments of like, damn, like, can I do this? Mm, okay. So my but what do I know moments were like three. So number one was. It's so funny. When, what, what do I know about partnership in a romantic mm. relationship? And that's kind of what motivated like the first answer is that I had to go on a journey because as a businesswoman, as a social worker, as an entrepreneur, as a career driven woman, it's very oftentimes I would when I'm on dates or when I'm talking to guys, I've had a lot of men tell me they feel more like a corporate partner than they do a romantic partner. And mm. I was just like, that's a you problem. <laughs> mm. But then I realized I was like, jokingly, I'm like, no, Crystal, what, how are you showing up in these dynamics that is causing people to feel disconnected from you romantically and more connected with you professionally? And so I just started to realize that, like, you know, in business and in work, I'm very good at, at building relationships, but also maintaining the boundaries that protect me as a professional. Mm. Um, and I think that some of my concept of like relationships, I was taking that same strategic approach in relationships. And so a lot of men, and if you're dating men that mirror the level of intellectual and emotional intelligence that you carry in a relationship, people are going to see past that. Right. And so I would fall into situations where I'm like, okay, I really need to, and it's not that I want to change, but it's like, Crystal, you can't have a strategy for love. Like you, (laughs) you know, I'm like, we can't apply these strategic plans in love and romance. And we make like our five-year plans. We make all of these plans for our podcasts and our businesses. And then in love, we're like, this is my system. Mm. And men don't want to be a part of a system. They want to be the system. They want to be a part of, of breaking down the walls that allow them to feel seen and to pour into you. And so that was one of my but do I know in a moment. And that brings me to the second part, which was what, but what do I know about vulnerability? Because child, mm. the way we can have a whole another podcast episode about that. And we might. And but we're we going to need wine for that one. Yes. <laughs> you got to get, but what do I know? Wine glasses. Okay. <laughs> Um, but what do I know about vulnerability is I was like, okay, so what's necessary to break these walls down? And I spent a lot of time thinking like, you know, about, um, practical ways, like, okay, instead I'm going to, I'm going to answer open-ended questions, like, right. <laughs> like just very, prof- still very professional, still very calculated. Um, and then I just realized, oh, like being vulnerable is about just being, you know mm. what I mean? It is not about just having a backup plan. It is, it is literally allowing your partner to see you in your rawest form. And I think like part of that whole but do I what do I know moment is in the same moment I would want to like challenge the sense of needing to be vulnerable. I'd also complain about not feeling humanized in relationships. So I had to really challenge like, okay, if I'm showing up and I'm not feeling humanized, but I'm also not allowing myself to To be humanized. Girl, I'm telling you. And so I think the conclusion to that was, you know, I used to always be very I used to pride myself on being very self-aware in relationships. I mean, like, well, you have to earn my vulnerability. I'm not just going to be open and pour out my heart. But I've also realized part of that breaking down those walls is like, how are you vulnerable with yourself? You know what I mean? Vulnerability is rarely about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes a level of self-security that allows you to show up in any moment, adapt into obviously the environment, but the essence of who you are being reflected and Mm. being situated and being experienced, even if it's not like fully, fully like disclosing and opening up and pouring out. So I was like, those were some moments where I just had to be like, okay, Krista, we need to distinguish the career-driven strategic business partner that you're trying to attain and be like, being a romantic partner requires me to break down my own walls and then make that available to the person I want to possibly be in a relationship with. That's really good. Mm, When you talked about vulnerability, I think that's, for me, it's having to overcome fear. Mm. I feel like for me, the fear of, I think, hearing the noise. Oh, 
I think for me, it's the fear of the noise. Like I've I've been like really you're listening here and it's like, oh, if if a woman has over 100K, then she's disqualified herself. Mm. Or if you're too masculine because you're really go, go, go at work and you bring that home. No man wants you to bring that home. And I'm a planner. Like I plan cities for a living. I like to be organized. Mm. I do have a bit of a type A personality. Come on. I like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I know what I like. So mm-hmm. I like to strategize to get there. Yes. And it's hard for me to like, just the same, like, you know, you if you want something done, you do it yourself. Let's so go. I plan and I figure it out. Right. Right. So but for me, it's like, yo, I can't strategize mm. love. I can't, you know, like you said, we can't five-year plan love. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like by by day two, the person is a different person. And You're by like, day that wasn't three, part of the plan. Right. And by day three uh. or, or year three, we're now moving in and we're, we're you know, oh, engaged. Yeah. So I think for me, that was a fear of like, because maybe navigating my career comes right. a little bit easier for me right. or like I'm able to, I'm savvy that way. Right. Maybe I don't, maybe the love part won't come easy to me. Right, maybe right. long-term companionship won't come easy to me. So right. that was kind of like that. I had to work through that fear. Uh-huh. I'm still working through it. Right. You know, like it's mm-hmm. hard because it's like, oh my gosh, like sometimes the tendencies of like, let me just do this myself, man. Like, oh my goodness. Like, like, you know, so I think it's just having to talk to our voice to be like, you know, calm down, enjoy mm-hmm. it, go with the flow yes. and embrace that like aspect of you as well. Right. Yeah. That was I, it for me. I love that because I think that brings out the intersectional experience of love for black women. Um, I think thinking about the intersectional experience of love for black women, I'm like intergenerational trauma in many ways has made black women hyper independent. And so we don't pursue love in a, neutral way you know what i mean Mm. i don't think any racialized person does but i think for black women it's very different because we grew up in a um in in cycles and generation where black women were the headhunters we were the ones holding down the household we were the ones taking care we were the ones providing and so oftentimes black women i I often even hear black women being like painting this very masculine like you have black women have masculine energy and they don't need anything and they don't take i'm like why is masculinity just characterized by what what you can provide and femininity be characterized by like docileness and exactly. the inability to or the, the damsel in distress like yeah. you know what I mean but mm-hmm. I also think it's sometimes coming into relationship and that's like how do you feel seen because as much as I do think it's our work we have the inner work to like unpack some of those experiences and figure out how am I going to do my best to be a self-aware and show up I always say I'm like if you put um a fish in water it will swim yeah. I'm like if you put a monkey on a tree it will climb I'm like People, things thrive in environments that they are meant to thrive in. I was just like, and so my question is when you're, when people want this level of vulnerability, what kind of an environment have you created? Mm. And in order to create the right environment, you need to know the person. And so I think even when we're talking about black women who are very career driven and looking for love or actively pursuing love, it's a very different approach and a very different experience um, than non-black women. And I think that just needs to be named so that we're like, we don't all walk into this just like anything else, just like Mm. the workforce. Just like life, we don't all walk into this experience with the same lens. Yeah, that's fact. Yeah. So with that being said, then, um, what role does dating, seeking <laughs> out romantic love, like, are you, is this something right now that you're focused on? Are you kind of like, you know what, if it comes to me, mm. it comes to me. Um, is it something on the back burner? Like, how are you? How are we feeling about it right now? Oh my gosh! First of all, I don't seek; I attract. Oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. No, but all jokes aside, I mean, I'm intentional. But so I used to struggle with that because, like, I've so full disclosure, I've never been in a committed romantic relationship ever. Okay. I have been in long term experiences, situationships. <laughs> yeah, girl. I don't claim that. <laughs> Lord, you heard we don't claim that. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I've had one situationship, but um. No, just like I've had or like very short term like dating experiences, but I'm never like, okay, I'm ready to commit to a relationship. And part of that, like growing up, had to do so when I was in high school or elementary school, high school and even university, I was just very clear on what I wanted out of life. And because of also like that was in high school and a bit of elementary school in high school, that's when I really started. I went to therapy and I started working through a lot of trauma. And I've always been someone it's like, if I'm not completely ready for this experience, I don't want to entertain it. And so for me, when I was going through therapy, I'm like, I'm not entertaining relationships, period. I really, I'm in a very vulnerable state right now. I've discovered a lot of things and I want to be in a relationship where I'm not necessarily certain about everything and I know everything, but I want to feel confident about what I'm stepping into. Mm. And so for that reason, I just never really pursued relationships. Um, and so now that I'm like, I'm older, I'm like more settled in my career. I live alone. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I've gone through some of those milestones. I'm like, okay, I am at a place where I feel confident to experience and pursue love and, and things like that. 
But I'm very much I'm very much one of those people who's like, God, I know you're gonna be my husband, but I don't want to have to leave my house. <laughs> I'm like, let him come like a FedEx package, please. <laughs> but like all jokes aside, I think that I'm at a space with I'm in flow. I am when I if I meet a guy and I'm interested, I make it clear that I'm interested. Mm. Um, I oftentimes I make this joke of saying I never make the first move. I'll never shoot my shot, but I'll, I'll put the net in the right place. So when he knows if he shoots, he'll score. You know what I mean? I like <laughs> so it. I like it. I'm like, you got to make you got to make it known. I'm like, you got a chance here. <laughs> um, and when that opportunity comes, I'm very and I'm a big I'm I'm a big flirt. And so I'm very intentional. Okay, making it clear that, listen, <laughs> I've had time to prep. <laughs> so I'm a very, And I enjoy it. And now, like and also I kind of have this personal rule where I'm just like. I'm not really into being friends with guys that I was trying to talk to. We were trying to oh, talk to yeah, and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people are like, what well, if anything, we can be friends. Not having enough friends. Mm. <laughs> so I think that like it requires me to be more intentional when I do meet someone that I'm interested in. But I'm very much in a space where if it comes and it aligns and it flows, then yes, I will pursue it. And I am looking for it. And I think at this point in my life, it's like I'm looking for partnership first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but it's weird because I say like, oh, I don't want to be friends with someone after, but I want to, I want, in order for it to be partnership first, there has you gotta to be, be fr- that you gotta friendship be like, base. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's the season I find myself in is that it's playing a role of like, I'm open to it. I explore it when the opportunity comes. I was seeing someone recently and, you know, I ended that recently and I'm not, it wasn't a bad experience. Like it was a very good dating experience. It was just like, we were great, just not for each other. Mm. Um, and I think like, that's a part of a healthy dating pattern is like, when things end, it doesn't mean that it was negative. It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be like any sort of mad solution. It can literally just be like you cross paths with people. And when you are emotionally healthy and secure, um, both parties, you can still have you can still wish each other well and move on. So exactly. Yeah. And we need to see more of those. Yeah. More examples. And we I want us to experience that where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we. We understood what we wanted. Right. We're both healed or healing mm-hmm. on that journey. Come on. And we're not for each other, right. but we wish each other well and it's no no bad right. blood, you know? But when you mentioned, you know, that you're a big flirt, I really like <laughs> that you said that because the concept and the idea of like black women flirting, I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, when I think about that, I just imagine like a black woman in a sexy dress and she's just right. dancing through oh, the night God. and mm. she's smiling and she's happy. And I think that people have this idea that like <laughs> flirting is this like uber seductive, like yeah, you're no. trying to, you no. know, be like it's, it's there's an immense amount of like lust to it. But I think it's just it's very freeing. Right. And you're it like is. exuding this little bit of like sexiness that you have. Like, right. like leaning into my feminine energy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also that also goes into like the hypersexualization of black women. Yes. Is that everything we do is hypersexualized. Everything we do has some sort of lustful, deep intent because even in Robert Maynard's book, Police and Black Lives, she talks about just with the inception of like sex work is that mm. black women were either hyper invisible because they um, like just hyper invisible, like because of erasure or they were hyper visible, but also because they were hypersexualized. Right. And, and then their hypersexualization when they engaged in sex work was criminalized. Mm. And so it's just like there's almost this connotation around black women doing anything that em- that emulates this like feminine energy, if we want to call it, and like this kind of intimate sexual like cute banter that we're trying to be sexy and we're trying to be seductive and we are these lustful Mm. creatures who are just trying to seduce and absorb and suck the life out of men and i'm like child please yeah (laughs) we we don't even care that much right (laughs) yeah no that's not oh my gosh half the narratives out there about black women it's like please we really don't care it's not please. and y'all stay begging for us but anyways Mm. (laughs) i'm just just don't put that out there Mm. (laughs) that part Okay, mm-hmm. so you did bring up All About Love, mm-hmm. um, a book by the amazing Bell Hooks. Mm. God rest her soul. Yes. Ooh. And um, so I'm reading this book. You know, I'm trying to get into it. I've heard so many, like, good recommendations. I've heard, oh, this will really read mm-hmm. you. Da, da, da. Like, you're not reading the book. The book is reading you. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me pick it up and check right. it out. Um, and shout out to Estelle. Estelle and I are sort of doing, you know, like a book club thing where we read oh, different books okay. now. So this is one of the books that we're reading together. Love that. So Bell Hooks talks a lot about the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because this book was written about 20 years ago, but I feel like it's it's so relevant now. Mm-hmm. Right. And she talks about this fear of the younger generation being very jaded. Mm. And OK, so this is what she says in the book. So it says, I'm afraid that we may be raising a generation of young people mm. who will grow up afraid to love, mm. afraid to give themselves completely to another person. Because they will have seen how much it hurts to take the risk of loving and have it not work out. Mm. 
Mm. I'm afraid that they will grow up looking for intimacy without risk, mm. for pleasure without significant emotional investment. Mm. We see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. They will be so fearful of the pain of disappointment that they will forgo the possibilities of love and joy. Right. Young people are cynical about love. Mm. Ultimately, cynicism is the great mask of the disappointment and betrayed heart. Ooh, repeat that last part. Repeat that last part for the people in the back. (laughs) Ultimately, Mm. cynicism is the great mask of the disappointed Mm. and betrayed heart. Right. So we're cynics. And we're jaded mm. because we're disappointed and our hearts have been betrayed. It's facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so do you have that fear when you date too? Like, are you how are you finding that you're very jaded? Mm. I think sometimes there is this like emotional exhaustion that comes with being vulnerable. Mm. So I'm not going to lie. I think like, you know, as I, I read that and I was just like, please, that's that ain't me. And then I'm like, I think about it and I pause. I said, mm. We're in a culture where we're all kind of impacted by this. And also, like, let's let's keep it 100. We all have experiences of trauma. Like, mm-hmm. if you've dated or you've fallen in love or you've been in romantic relationship, situationship, you have experienced disappointment. And that's the thing. The promise of love and companionship and even, like, covenant in marriage does not negate disappointment. Yes. You can literally be in a 10-year marriage or 10-year relationship and still be disappointed and still experience heartbreak and betrayal. Yeah. Right? And so... I also like to and I, you know, I I continue to bring it back to this kind of political context because I do think that things like, you know, colonialism and, and anti-black racism and so forth has shaped a lot of our culture. Mm. And so I oftentimes think when she talks about when she talks about the um, the love without investment or like the this without the promise of whatever, it makes me think of that kind of consumerist like there needs to be the cost and benefit analysis. What am I getting out of this? And what I get out of it will determine how much I give. Yeah, you know what I mean. The transaction, and that's, right? And that's why you often ask, and you see all of these like relationship influencers, um, some relationship influencers who have this overemphasis on like know what you're bringing to the table. Don't let me talk about Kevin Samuels right now. I'm mm. not. Nobody's ready for that conversation. But Girl. you know, having these ideation around high value people. And, and like what that means and that we can reduce a person to evaluation. You know right. what I mean? We can reduce a person to a decimal, you know, and just suggesting that like we knowing that we all don't start off at the same place in life. So I think that we one are living in a culture of very colonial kind of Western capitalist views that we 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 nurture and we download in our relationship experience, like reducing people to these kind of commodities. Um, but I also just think we all have different kinds of trauma. So for mm. myself, I think that. There are times I'm exhausted. Like, even if I see someone for, like, a couple months, I'm like, that's good for the next two years. I'm like, I'm I'm tired. I don't, I'm I'm good. (laughs) I'm just like, I used to always say this to my friends, but I don't know how y'all dated routinely. Regularly, frequently. Oh, my God. People that be talking about, yeah, I went to have three dates this week. That sounds like a part-time job. (laughs) Yo, I remember. Girl, I remember. I remember when I had the dates. Listen, they were coming. <laughs> You're like, and I was just like, yo again. Yo, no, there were definitely times where you know I I canceled because I was like, I'm really exhausted. I'm tired. Just, Work was long. I'm busy. Just I'm send like, me a resume, please. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to oh, smile God. tonight. It's I'm sorry. So nice. You don't want to dress up cute. Yeah. And it's like, and but it also like all of that symbolizes like what we invest in relationships, right? credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yes, I think generally speaking, I do think there is a collective jadedness around love and how we've come to conceptualize love um, and the different types of relationships that can exist. Contextualize not to my own experience. I do identify with the mask that she talks about is that ultimately, what was it? Ultimately, cynicism is the mask of a betrayed heart and so forth. And so I wouldn't necessarily say I can be like I'm cynicism in the sense that Um, I don't believe in love. I think it's all a joke. Like, no, I recognize that when you choose love, you also open yourself up to hurt. Um, And therefore, you have to define what does love really mean? Is love about this perpetual feeling of happiness 
or is it about commitment, you know? Mm. And is it about, and like, how do we define that and shape that? Because if it's about this perpetual feel of happiness, then you are reducing a person to how happy they make you. If it's about commitment, then it's about recognizing that there needs to be a level of self-awareness and integrity that both parties are bringing to the table that that we can work through. And so that shifts a lot of the dynamics around it. I think that I am very big on having honest conversations soon. Mm. So I'm not saying like you got to talk about your childhood on your first first date. date. (laughs) But I'm like, listen, if we're three dates in and we're really vibing and we're liking each other, like, Tell me, like, in your relationship, you don't have to tell me about your past, but, like, what in relationships has worked and has not worked? Mm. You know, what are some of your boundaries when it comes to relationships? What are things that you think um, or you expect from a partner or a prospective partner? And I think oftentimes the jadedness comes from holding people hostage to uncommunicated expectations. And so there's this necessity and there's this almost taboo feeling of, I don't want to intimidate them into thinking that I'm trying to get too serious too quick. Mm. I'm like, but you're betraying yourself because only a fraction of you is showing up to the table. Yes. And so you end up getting into a relationship and the full version of you comes to represent itself. This person's like, I didn't see this part of you on the date. Where's this energy coming from? Mm. You know, so I'm like, I'm not intimidated. The guy, for instance, I was just talking to. One thing I really appreciated is that at one point I was like, he was he was talking about like, I really see myself being in a relationship with you. And I said, I'm not there yet. Like, okay. I, do, I think you are a potential, but I'm like, I can commit to a process right now. I cannot commit to a relationship. Um, I just have not seen that deep yet. And so he's like, okay, what does a process look like for you? And I was like, it, and it was a process of intention. And we talked about that. And it wasn't intimidating. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. And we went through the process. And he ended up being grateful in the end because it's like, if we had jumped into a relationship, you would learn we're not, we're not a good fit. Right. But the process allowed us to test the waters and it allowed us to explore like different parts of our personalities, different parts of our experience, see each other in different settings. That it was like, this wasn't disappointing because neither of us overinvested and we didn't commit. Right. So, yeah. You know what came to mind when you said, you know, like betraying yourself and what mm-hmm. you want. And I think that, oh, you know, have you ever been on a dating app and you know that you're dating intentionally and that you want a relationship, mm. but everybody on the app is there talking about casual friends with benefit. <laughs> And so when they ask you, what are you here for? You're like, oh, I'm just going with the flow (laughs) without saying I'm actually here Mm. with this intention. Intention. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of mixed intentions in the pool. Come on. There's a lot of confusion in the dating pool. Trauma and the mm-hmm. dating, like they need to start making apps. Like if you're healed and you're ready to be in a relationship, go here. <laughs> to this, Yo, please. If you're trying to look up, go here. Yep. If you're healing and you want some hook, go like, go, like there needs to be there needs to be this. separation now because it's too <laughs> much. And to kind of like weave your way through and nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got, like, I'm like, they need to make an app that, that people have to like talk to my mom first because I'm like, my mom would be saving me from a lot. <laughs> but you know, I actually was saying to someone, I'm like, it'd be cool if they made an app. Like, you know what? I think the concept of arranged marriage is so creative. I'm like, I think if they created an app where your friends had to set you up instead of you doing the work, God be praised. Whoever has that business idea, you heard it here first. Yeah. I want commission, 20%. Yes. If it's successful. If not, you never heard this. <laughs> that... Yeah, you know, but I, I love what you're saying just about like intentionality. It's mm. because and I think that is I think if people were more intentional, the jadedness and disappointment wouldn't be as and cynicism wouldn't be as pervasive. Exactly. Because when we hear people talk about that, and we hear people say there's no love. Everyone's the same. You often hear these common denominators. You know, people just want sex. Yeah, people aren't serious. Mm. People want the benefits of a relationship and not the commitment. And I'm like, are, is that what people want? Is that is that did we have conversations early? Could that have been avoided? And oftentimes, no, you didn't do your due diligence, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned this earlier about like the whole idea of vulnerability mm-hmm. and, you know, this idea of like, you know, as career driven women, career, career focused women mm-hmm. and being black women, we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're masculinized. Right. Um, how do you sort of balance the mm-hmm. you at work that has to be, you know, very you, you give instructions, you're bold, you're assertive, oh, you're, yes. you know, like versus the vulnerable you that <laughs> <laughs> you try to get my business. We'll, 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 we'll let the man lead and all that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. As, as much of your business as you want to share with okay. us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Healthy self-disclosure. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's funny because I say one of the the I'll, I'll share some tea mm-hmm. um, insider information is that some of one of my main um, characteristics that I need in man is leadership. Mm. And the reason why is because I'm like, I'm a leader at work. I'm a leader in my business. I'm a leader in like a lot of work that I do. Yes. I do not want to lead my relationship. That is not, I'm not trying to that be. That is me. Is that, that is I'm me. Like, it's doing too much. I want to be a passenger lead. princess. 
I want to be flown. I don't want anything, you know? And like a lot of men are surprised. Like if I say that, they're just like, what? Because a lot of times I hear like men say to me, like, I don't know what I can bring to your world that you don't already have or that you're not already doing. Right. I'm like, you're not the one. <laughs> and so, but I'm just like, so what are you seeing when you look at me? Like, how are you but trying Crystal, to... It's because... <laughs> Like, I get it too. The boss. I remember, you know what's so funny about this? I remember when I bought my car, mm-hmm. okay? And my car is nice, but it's yes. not that nice. It is nice. I it, you know? <laughs> well, like, you know, by the grace of God, we aspire for better. <laughs> That's true. That's you know? true. High and I levels. remember my dad being like, oh, when I see when I see this car, I see you. And then he looked at me, he's like, are you worried that this is going to scare off the men? <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, I mean, like, if those are, if the, the men are scared by this, then those are not the right one for true, you. But true. it's just, you know, that. And so, mm. like, I'm not saying, like, we just made a joke about it. But sometimes I think about it and I'm like, that's it. Is this going to share the, this going to scare the man away? Mm-hmm. Like, and then even my job, like when I tell certain men that, you know, oh, I work goodness. a certain job. I'm Listen. like, <laughs> OK, that, that reminds me of a story. Can I share a story? Yeah. yeah so story. one time. So I don't give men my number like I never do it. It's just like, uh, no. Yes. I actually, so what I do when a guy asks me for a number, I'm like, I'll give you the first six digits. If you guess the last four, you can keep it. No way. <laughs> but especially if I'm not interested. I'm like, yeah, if you were that guy, I pray for you. But anyway, <laughs> no, but there was this one guy, I was at a restaurant and I was with one of my girlfriends and we saw this guy and I was like, oh, he's so cute. And like, but I just said that. And because, and here's another thing. When you are the one friend in the group who is not married or in a relationship mm. and all your friends are married, have everyone wants you to be in a relationship. Everyone wants you to come on couples dates. Everyone mm. wants you to go to the couples retreats. I'm like, I'm happy. I'm okay with being the auntie. I'm okay with being the, <laughs> the third wheel. Like, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I, so the friend I was with, she was actually getting married. And so we were talking. She's like, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm like, we don't know anything about him. Like, So long story boring. We left and we saw him come into the parking lot. And then um, she saw his car. And she put my number on his car. Like when he went back in the restaurant. And so I was like, I took it off. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you? That's so tacky. <laughs> so I like, she's like, that's not tacky. It's creative. I said, no. So I took it off. I was about to drive off. She put it back on. So, you know, I turned back in the parking lot. I said, what did you? I took it off again. So then I left and then I got a text from him. <laughs> so she put it on after I left. And he's like, um, she put my full name. So he's like, is this Crystal Hines? And I oh, was wow. like, oh, maybe it's because she put my full name on the yeah. thing. This man quoted my website to me. (laughs) He literally like quoted like one of my like service descriptions and was like, I wish you all the best in your endeavors. You seem like a very successful career woman, like did all this stuff, whatever. And then he's like, all the best. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, first of all, never give your last name. (laughs) But also it's just like that is so it turned me off so much. And I was just like, just this whole like, you don't even know me. Like, I get it. Sure. You show. And I think your dad's right is like. If on the appearance, it feels very dehumanizing that yeah. I'm just like, you see my website, you see this information and you think that that's all there is to me or yeah. that th- if you don't have this, like you're not the one. I'm mm. just like, it just feels so it's such a turnoff. And yeah. so when you talk about that kind of like experience, I'm like, OK, fine. I can admit that on the on the outskirts, it may appear as though to yes. approach me, you have to be of a particular caliber. And don't get me wrong, come correct. But come real. You know yes, what I mean? Like, I wasn't yes. always this person. So I'm like, I'm the same girl corporately that I am in the streets. Like, you can, you know what <laughs> I mean? I'm like, same girl corporate, just, same in the streets. We can keep it real. Like, I'm like, <laughs> so I think there's like this level of like, I guess just humility that I, I want men to come with and just mm. like humanize me, bruh. Like, humanize me, bruh. Yeah, I, the, <laughs> the title of this episode. Ooh, I really I like that, though. Yeah. I really like that. And I think for me, it's been it's been just peeling the layers off. Mm. It's been finding myself and making sure that work is not who I am. Mm. It's been sh- making sure that, you know, I'm working to live. I'm not living to, to work. work. Thank you. I'm not internalizing that. I'm not taking all the the praise I get and then put it, yes. letting it put me on this high horse and thinking that I'm above right. a man, you know, like, and, and it's been very like humbling to also kind of just have conversations with even black men about, yeah. okay, like, what is it for you too? How do you want to show up as a leader with your woman and in your household? And what are conversations like that happening? I think we we need to have more of those. So true. And being real and how we can communicate better more so than like, if you don't spend a rack on me on the first day, you're not the one, you know, you know, so I definitely appreciate that. And to answer that question, sorry, I didn't answer the second part, which was what do I do to overcome it? So I think like, I'm still figuring that out because I'm like, I still struggle when, like, I, I have this internal battle when a man, I meet a guy and he's like, so what do you do? Where I'm like, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to, I don't want to see yeah. this reaction. But I'm also just like, but I also don't want to shrink. Like, yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm sometimes go between this battle of like, you know, maybe once he gets to, I'll let him get to know me first, then I'll tell him. But then I'm like, 
I just want someone who's not intimidated by that. Like, right. you know what I mean? So I think one thing is just like having more internal dialogue. But I think this is another, but what do I know moment? But what do I know about how I come across? You know, mm. like, and so I think, um, you know, part of it is being self-aware, being honest, having honest conversations, taking it slow. Um, but I think that piece around asking guys and like just asking the people who reflect yeah. the kind of men you'd want to be with would be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So with all this, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> What does that safe, oh. healthy, thriving love and companionship, <laughs> what does that look like for you? It looks like reading socks with wine and a nice sweater and a movie. Ooh. Like, no, I'm actually the coziest bae you'll ever meet. <laughs> like, I love uh, People always think, like, I'm out here doing the most, I'm like, which I am. But I'm just like, don't get it twisted. Like, a cute little movie night makes me happy. Mm. Um, but no, one is, like, consistency. I am very attracted to consistency in a man. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about consistency and what he does, but how he shows up, like, and what right. he says, like a man who keeps his word. Um, I think a and a relationship that emulates that consistency. Like, I think routines are so beautiful, whether it's mm. like message in the morning or like we have routine date nights or just like we are routine in the way that we resolve conflict. Like, I think consistency is such an underrated. And, you know, when we talk about hyper independence, um, consistency reprograms hyper-independent people yeah. um, because mm -hmm. hyper-independence is heavily based on having expectations or needs and not having them met or, exactly. you know, just inconsistent relationships kind of tormenting this idea of what you could expect in a person and mm -hmm. asking for needs to be fulfilled and having it unfulfilled. And so I think consistency is really big in terms of how I know it. And, you know, they say like people break are broken in relationships and people also heal in relationships. And I do believe that. I don't believe that that's the responsibility of a relationship, but it's the yes. power of it. Agreed. So I think consistency Agreed. um i think like I, I do think there's a level of and i think this goes spiritually you know like my faith has really grounded me um and just in god and recognizing that it is important to be equally yoked with the person mm. that you're with and i think sometimes you know in the church we we think that equally yoked simply means y'all both got to be christian both got to be pentecostal you both yeah. got to be like and i'm just like no there are unequally yoked christians who are together yeah, <laughs> and so fair. i think it's more just about spiritually are we are we eating on the same level? Yeah. Like, you know, I always say you can have flow, but not depth. I'm mm. looking for depth. So when I look for companionship and what I'm looking for, a romantic love, I want consistency, but I also want depth because depth takes you higher. And so I think that like those are two big characteristics. Um, and then looking at my professional career growth, like I do, I think I do want to feel as though this person doesn't just align with what I want in love, but like my purpose. You mm. know what I mean? Like I want to feel like together you know, I'm not going to lie. What Obviously, I was talking earlier about building, not just being about career. But I do want to feel like I don't care if like we're in two completely different fields. Right. We build each other up. Like I compliment your purpose. You compliment what God has called me to do on this earth. Mm -hmm. And we are constantly pouring into that together. You know, because I also think sometimes like if I'm in a serious relationship, I'm not just choosing for myself. I'm choosing for, for the my book? seed. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm just like, yes. generations to come need a benefit from whatever DNA you bring into this relationship. Exactly. So exactly. I'm not saying I'm like looking for a father on the first date, but yeah. I'm like, <laughs> over time, I'm like, I want to know that like the person I'm attaching myself to is exactly. going to be attached to everything I'm attached to. Mm. And I need to trust that you can carry the weight of that anointing and Amen. vice versa. And so, mm. yeah, I think those are like some, some mm. things like create safety and companionship and like just overall commitment i really like that you know for me this this question when i think about it, it has like morphed and shaped over time mm. and i used to be conflict avoidant mm. and now i'm like conflict is head-on like okay i'm very like That's communicative good. secure attachment style yes <laughs> you know but i am secure attached but sometimes that avoidant comes out because i feel mm. like it's like i'm running away i don't want to be hurt kind yeah. of thing and it kind of I guess it reduced the way that I understood the role that difficulties can play in relationships. Right. You oh, know? That's so good. So let's refer back to All About Love, oh shall God. we? <laughs> I love that. Back to the <laughs> because Bill Hooks, Bill Hooks be reading us, oh. really and truly. Page 181. So it says, all relationships have ups and downs. Mm. Romantic fantasy often nurtures the belief that difficulties and downtimes are an indication of a lack of love rather than part of the process. Oof. In actuality, True love thrives on the difficulties. Mm. The foundation of such love is the assumption that we want to grow and expand. Right. To become more fully ourselves. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, so I got to embrace the difficulties. Right. But this is where I also want to be clear because I, any man that I date, 
see, I always tell them I don't want struggle love. Yeah. Like there are difficulties and then there are difficulties. <laughs> like I'm not going to sit by and be cheated on, be broken, be shattered. No, and then you're going to come three years later mm-hmm. and be like, I, dr- I drug you through the mud, <laughs> but we made it through the storm. <laughs> not you Reggie, were... you created the storm. <laughs> Yo, you created that storm, my guy. That's not what God was talking about. You know, so for me, it's like, I want the difficulties to be, okay, you have a different love language. I have a different love language. How do we figure that out? Mm. You have a different communication style. I have a different communication style. How do we figure that out? Right. Those are the difficulties I can take. Mm-hmm. But wondering, I, you cheating, you being confused. You don't know That's the path. Bad you don't know how mm-hmm. to lead in decision. Woo. Always. Nah, <clears throat> nah, 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 nah. So, Belle, I That's hear you. <laughs> I hear you. True love thrives yeah. in difficulties. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, cer- <laughs> certain difficulties. Certain, I was going to say. So two things I say about that. One, it like, it reminds me of that like ride or die complex. Yes. It's just like, ain't nobody dying for love. (laughs) And I'm just like, and I love the fact that you made the distinction of like, there's difficulties and then there's difficulties, you know, and problems. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes like people, you know, whether or not like it's a hard truth, but people ignore red flags. You know, we do like, and oftentimes like, I'm not going to say that, you know, you, you, you could have avoided any kind of surprises in a relationship because some people really just change and evolve. But I'm like, some things we, we know, um, but I think to that piece, it's just really important to know, like, difficulties is often characterized by, like, unforeseen circumstances mm. um, and just things that you couldn't account for. And they say it doesn't matter how self-aware healed you are. Relationships are going to humble you. You know yes. what I mean? And so I completely agree with that. And then um, I love the end part of what she said is just like it reveals, like, who you are. Yeah. You know, I always think about there's a scripture. I can't remember where it's quoted from right now, but it just talks about how fire really reveals character. Mm. And I think to myself, like. Fire reveals character, but the like it fire is a refining force. So I'm just yeah. like, so if we are in a relationship, I want us to refine each other. I want us to like sharpen each other. I want like these conflicts to to bring out who we are as people and therefore who we can be as a couple. And so I think like that, but that requires a huge commitment to vulnerability. Exactly. Especially so going back to this whole being a career woman, if you're a career woman and you're an entrepreneur, you know what it feels like to to work things out by yourself. You know what it feels like to be the only person who has the choice to make and that everything rests and falls on you. And so being in a relationship, sometimes the sense of hyper, like I've always dealt with things on my own is the conflict. Yeah. And inviting someone yes. into that, I'm like, it's, it's good. I've, I've done this before. And they're like, okay, but now I'm here. Like mm-hmm. that in and of itself is a huge conflict. So yeah, I think just like looking at, looking at conflict as truly an opportunity to be refined mm. um, and clearly defining what is acceptable and what is not. Yes. And I think part of like knowing what you define as love and romantic companionship is what you don't define as love and what is not okay. And it goes back to like, what are your standards? What are your deal makers? What are your deal breakers? What are those things you're going to see and be like, that's not for me? You know Mm. what I mean? And you can't ignore those things. And I think sometimes also people, how people fall into that like ride or die complex is like we, you know, there's this big thing of People don't come ready and you have to be willing to mold someone. Nope, sorry. I'm going to be a mom one day. (laughs) I'm like, ain't nobody trying to mold nobody. Mm -hmm. You know, or this idea that, you know, people don't come the perfect package. I'm like, that's 100% true. But you can still be perfect for me, even if you're not the perfect package. You can still be ready for Mm. me. And I always say, I'm like, if people are going to buy a fixer upper home, Mm. they're not going to buy something burned through the ashes. Mm. You know, I'm like, otherwise just buy a new home. But I'm like, if you're going to buy a fixer upper, the infrastructure has to be intact. The foundation has to be intact. Yes. All you and you ask yourself, you make a predetermination. And I know it's kind of like coming up with that like capitalist idea, but I just want to illustrate not so much the capitalism piece, but the idea of how we do, we we assess risk in a relationship. Yeah. Is like, is this gonna cost me more than I have the capacity to undertake right, right. now? Exactly. And if that's the answer, then you're great. Just I can't, I can't, I don't have the capacity for this. Not right now. And so nope. someone <laughs> might, someone might have the capacity to help you through all your trauma. And to be there while you cheat, I'm not that person. Yeah, so sorry. We gonna move on. <clears throat> so you have to have a foundation to work with when resolving conflict. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, Mama, we have come to the end of oh. um, this conversation, but this has been so good. Oh, yeah. It's so and good. I want to have more conversations 100%. like this. Like this is definitely exactly what I wanted and envisioned for this conversation of just Yay. digging a little deeper. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think, yeah, we're going to have more conversations. I'm excited to even do things where maybe I have women and I have men and I have non-binary black folks to come on. And we talk about more of what companionship looks like, even as we change the landscape of gender and Mm -hmm. love and people become more open to things. Right. Um, But yeah, but thank you so much for coming and, you know, having this conversation. Um, Thank you. But you also know the deal. We're not done. Okay. (laughs) This is the Bobo Duano podcast. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, we're going to have some fun before I let you go. I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. And without thinking too hard, I just want you to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. So, Play Beyonce. <laughs> so I love hearing the answer to this when I have guests on. So what is your favorite genre of music? Ooh, I want to... What's it called? Oh, my gosh. I figured that... Cla- I, I want to say classical, but jazz, but... Ooh, no, gospel. Okay, so, I fall in love with classical music, like, ooh, every morning and night. Ooh, okay. I want to say... I don't know if it's my favorite genre, but it's my go-to it's, right now. Okay, yeah, okay. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, What is a must-have or a must-do um, as part of, like, your skincare pamper routine? Because oh I know gosh. you're big on your skincare. I'm very big, yeah. yes. Priming, cleanse, and exfoliating. Okay, mm-hmm. priming, mm-hmm. cleanse, and exfoliating. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, um... Would you rather lose time or lose money? Uh, lose money. Good. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Because mm-hmm. if you lose the time, you ain't got more time yeah, to make exa- more money. Exactly. Great, great, great. I'm glad mm-hmm. we're on the same page there. <laughs> we know that one. <laughs> um, okay. Because we just talked about dating love, I had to throw this one in there. <laughs> and I feel like this one, this one might require you to think a little. Okay. But okay. With regards to partnership, Ooh. would you rather chemistry or compatibility? Ooh, mm, I went there. Oh, no. About to throw my whole talk out. No. <laughs> Oh my god! Can we can we define chemistry and compatibility? So chemistry, <laughs> chemistry. When I when I was writing this, chemistry to me is like that spark, that je ne sais quoi, that like, mm, oh my, you god. know, maybe maybe a little bit of, to say about that, a little bit of fire, <laughs> maybe a little bit of lust. But then compatibility is like our routines align, our lifestyles align. When you Ooh, go to the gym, I, I go to the say, gym. I have a disclaimer here. Okay, okay. What's the disclaimer? Am I allowed to do a disclaimer? I know sure, the podcast sure, sure. is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, so I was talking to my homeboy the other day, yeah, yeah. and he said. He was telling me about, um, he got divorced a couple of years ago and he okay. was telling me about the fact that he's like, when he was getting divorced, he was talking to a mentor and the mentor said to him, there are people, um, there are life people and love people. Oh. And he's like, so you oftentimes find people you love but can't do life with or people that you can do life with but you don't love. Oh. Um, and is it possible to have both? And if you can't, which one do you choose? And I was like, and That's... he was like, and the premise of his divorce was he found um love he found he found someone he could do he he loved but could do life with and he knew that as time progressed it was just like love really isn't enough but life also isn't enough yeah and so that i really i do struggle with that i think you can have both yeah i think that it's sometimes it's easier to go sometimes it's easier to go into um compatibility because i do think you can build um attraction and things like that right that's where i was leaning when i thought about this i think that i think that's i think that i would go with that but i and also, I think that chemistry is dangerous because people oftentimes romanticize like yes. this butterfly feeling. Like, don't mm-hmm. chase butterflies, chase stability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Butterflies is not always characterized by like something like tangible. So I think I would go with compatibility. Recognize there are multiple disclaimers. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Compatibility. We want both. But if we had to choose. Yeah. We choose instability. We're leaning <laughs> towards compatibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for thank being on this you, episode. I you. really, really, really love this conversation. Thank I'm going to have a good time editing this. <laughs> yes, telling you, good. I can't thank wait for this you. to come out. I know the thank listeners you. are going to enjoy it and we're going to get such good feedback. So thank you so much again, Mama, thank for coming for through. Um, you know, before I let you go, just drop your socials. Let the yes. people know what you're doing in the community because you're doing oh, a lot. Thank you. Crystal is busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, drop your socials and let them know how they can connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram at courtesy of Crystal. You can find me on LinkedIn, Crystal Hines. And my website is www.crystalhines.ca. There you can find what I'm doing in the community. All right. Take care. And I love you, Chip. I love you too, boo. All right. Thank you so much. Right. So with that, we are at the end of this podcast episode. Thank you all for sticking around and listening to my conversation with Crystal, talking all things. Ooh, where do we start? Love, companionship, uh, balancing our careers as women with trying to find that, you know, romantic partner that fits and that works and that brings the balance that we need. And so I hope you all enjoyed it. Of course, stay connected with us on our social platforms at BWDIK Podcast on Instagram or TikTok, definitely, you know, share any feedback that you have on this episode with me. would love to hear it. If you want to hear more conversations like this, definitely let me know. And we can always bring Crystal back. <laughs> if you want to connect with Crystal directly, all her information will be in the episode description as well. So you can definitely connect with her and the work that she's doing in the community. And as always, share the podcast episode. Stay well, stay warm, and you'll hear from me real soon. Bye for now.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.